0: Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors.
1: Hey everyone, this is Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at DaveCabanFF. You're listening to the RotoViz NFC North season recap, where we'll be discussing the hackers vikings lions and bears and looking at the good the bad and the ugly of what happened in the division in 2017 for those of you who don't know rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over one thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps go to rotoviz.com to check out the site and today i'm going to be talking with john silas uh who you can find on twitter at Is it John on the John or what is it? I know we just talked about this, but I already forget. No, that's okay. It's at on the John, John on the John, John. All right. I got it now. I I like that handle a lot. (laughs) And uh, so this is gonna be your first time on an RV pod. So I'm glad that I get to do this uh, with you.
2: Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you helping me uh, uh, through it.
1: Yeah, well, I think that this should be a good show, as always, because there's a lot of interesting things that happened in the NFC North. We had some major injuries. We had a team like the Vikings really rising to, uh, at this point, playing in the NFC Championship game, which is something I think if you'd asked me two, three seasons ago, I would have thought had a very unlikely possibility of playing out that way. And we saw a team like the Packers hit some misfortunes so when you look at the vikings this season what do you think are some of the key things that really stand out to you obviously we all know about their record uh and the fact that the team won 13 games they were a pretty strong team too they had a net points of uh, 130 and uh you know defensively they were very strong and they were very strong in offense so what what stood out to you this season about the team I think everyone can
2: can agree they were surprisingly strong. Nobody expected them to come out of their division. Nobody expected them to kind of come as far as they've come now, and they're not even they're not even done. Obviously, um, I think that the powerhouse in the division. Always, everyone kind of thinks it's the Packers, you know, each year. So some of the key things I think were uh, obviously the injuries. You know, Sam Bradford had kind of a mysterious injury week one and Dalvin cook went out and that was a big deal, uh, when it happened. And so some of these, a lot of the, a lot of people I think, you know, myself included, think that these, they came kind of out of nowhere and they defied the odds in a way and case Keenum was left for dead and people kind of wrote the team off after Sam Bradford and Dalvin cook. So, um, you know, I I have here that they overachieved. Would you, would you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they, they absolutely overachieved, not just from a fantasy perspective and a real life perspective, but I mean, a lot of the players on that team, they really did outperform what you could have 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 expected, especially with it. You know, you have your third string quarterback at the beginning of the season coming in. If you will, if you're a fan of the team, you know, you're thinking you don't have Bridgewater Bradford comes in, he's looking Mm -hmm. good. Then you have to fall back on Keenum and, You know, he still went for over 3,500 yards in the 15 games that he played. Uh, He was strong uh, with almost a a 100 quarterback rating, which uh, actually is just about as good as Matthew Stafford was, you know. So he really had one of the better performances in the division. From a fantasy standpoint, he was great, too. And I think he's a player that a lot of teams are going to be looking uh, to pick up in free agency this year uh, with all three of the team's quarterbacks uh, being free agents. So what's your read on what they're going to do at quarterback looking forward? This was a tough one. And I looked at, you know, you looked at
2: the, the, them becoming, as you said, becoming free agents at the end of the season. And case Keenum, the only thing I come up with is case Keenum is making himself a lot of money. I think a lot of teams are going to reach out and want somebody like case Keenum based on how he played. Sam Bradford has a longer track record. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was injured. No, we're not really sure. It's kind of a nebulous situation that we're not really sure if he's back to 100% yet. So I think that, I mean, people are saying Case Keenum is going to be in another uniform next season, and I, I tend to agree. Who's going to be the one guy, the number one guy in Minnesota? I don't know. That's a t- it's a tough call. People. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: Yeah, it, it is really hard to say, especially because there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, salary cap considerations. It's going to be interesting to see what these guys can go for on the open market. But I think they at least have two very strong options uh, for that scheme that they're going to be running in Keenum and Bradford. And who's to say, you know, maybe uh, Bridgewater gets back and he can meet some of those expectations that people had for him when he entered into the league so another big free agent that they're going to have is Jarek mckinnon who dalvin cook came storming out of the gates and was very strong through his first uh i think he made it through four games and you know impressed a lot of people that were down on him after his performance at the combine and had kind of lost sight of how strong of a player he looked like in college and I was one of those people. Unfortunately he goes down and that was another one of those things that made it look like there was a real murky uh, future ahead for this team but McKinnon and Murray really played well in in his absence so McKinnon had 150 attempts to Murray's 216 and then obviously he was much more involved in the passing game with 68 targets to Murray's 17. So with Cook back next year in the fold it's going to be an interesting mix. So what's she- kind of your read on that. Do you think that they're going to try to continue with a mixture of these players or is it really going to be Cook's backfield?
2: You know, I think it's pretty cut and dry. The Dalvin Cook's going to be their lead back and seeing as how McKinnon is a free agent, um, I think they let him go. They have some of the same qualities, you know, McKinnon can catch the ball out of the backfield and so can Dalvin Cook. And I, they signed Latavius Murray to a one-year contract, and I don't think, you know, between him and McKinnon, I don't think he played that well to, you know, garner another long, uh, you know, multi-year contract. I think that it's going to be Delvin Cook's backfield. What
1: do you think? Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I mean, I think that uh, the offensive line was really strong this season. They managed mm-hmm. to uh, stay much healthier than they had in the past, and that made a huge difference for the team. And we look at a guy like Cook averaging almost five yards of carry in those four games. As you said, he was dynamic in the passing game, converted 11 of his 16 targets uh, into 90 yards. Uh, receiving and was just strong in every facet of the game in considering the draft capital that they spent on him and uh you know kind of the proclivity to go with those young backs that we're seeing now in the league I definitely think it's going to be his his backfield and you know as stellar as that as the uh, backfield was we also saw a great duo of wide receivers emerge and it actually turned out that it was Thielen who is that uh main guy in the offense not to take away from Diggs, but i think that was something that surprised most people yeah i
2: agree i think feeling came out of nowhere i i digs was expected to be the wide receiver one over there uh in real life and fantasy and feeling kind of came out of the gates as the wide receiver one, I think, and Diggs, you know, he dealt with some injuries throughout the season. He had the groin and he missed a few games. I'm not, I don't recall if Thielen missed any games at all. And he, he went out and performed each uh, week and he outperformed what people expected. And I think Diggs is not the wide receiver one over there, but he underperformed based on what his expectations were. He still played pretty well up to that last game that we saw And these guys are two of some of the, in my opinion, two of the best wide receivers as far as route running that that you can find.
1: Absolutely. And it's interesting just to see, uh, so Thielen did – see all 16 games. Diggs saw action 14, but Thielen managed to out target Diggs 143 to 95. So that's a pretty wide gap. And then in terms of receptions, it's Thielen 91 to Diggs 64. Uh, so that was actually a pretty significant disparity. And behind Thielen and Diggs, we saw Jarius Wright as the third, uh, most relevant player in terms of fantasy points, but obviously you also have to take in mind that Kyle Rudolphs also saw 81 targets and he's become a pretty dynamic part of that offense. As well. So, looking forward, I think that there's a number of options from a fantasy perspective. And really, this was a team that just outperformed all expectations going into mm-hmm. the season. Um, just to put things in perspective, in terms of points per game, the team put up 24 points per game, which ranked 10th. And they were also 11th in yards with 5,710. And then defensively, they were just outstanding with uh, holding their opponents to 16 points a game, which was first in the league and uh, they only allowed 4,415 yards which again was uh, the strongest in the league so I think that this was a strong uh, team what do you think of their uh, chances against the Eagles uh, coming up this weekend man too too good it's going to be a, a physical game two of
2: the best defenses out there I think I give the edge to the Eagles, but that—that's just that—that that has no uh, scientific base at all. <laughs> I think uh, I think the Case Keenum is going to go out. Who's going to play better, Nick Foles or Case Keenum? Who would have thought we were saying that in the uh, NFC Championship game? But I, I give the edge to the Eagles, and it's going to be a, a defensive uh, battle out there. It might be one of those thirteen to ten games. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great point about the foals and, uh, Keenum being the leading men in this game and being the faces of both teams in this game. It just kind of goes to show with the NFC North, the type of season that it was. So uh, I think that that wraps up the Vikings, just a very interesting team that was very strong on both sides of the ball and had a lot of bright spots despite early season adversity. So I think that as we look forward to next season, they're going to be a strong team again on both sides of the ball and are going to have a lot of fantasy options. Much like the Detroit Lions, who won nine games, uh, but were not quite as strong in that net points, which I like to look at with a net of 34. So they outscored their opponents by 34 points. And offensively, they put up nearly 26 points a game, so they were seventh in the league. Uh, However, on defense, they allowed about 24 points a game. So that was 21st among defenses. However, though, they were 10 in yards given up. So not quite as strong of a season as that team would have liked. But what do you think were some of the major takeaways uh, from the Lions campaign in 2017? I think
2: uh, you hit on you hit on the a lot of good ones but uh I feel I feel like we keep saying this each year like we're expecting this Lions team to come out and be better than they were and this this season same more of the same I think some of the main one of the main takeaways is that they finally uh paid Matt Stafford uh people expected it and then it came out yep. he uh I mean he's a happy guy I guess uh one of the other things that was no surprise was that was their lack of running game again, and I think that leads to a, a nine and seven record at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we've basically seen now a number of instances of just disappointment uh, from that running game, especially with Amir Abdullah. I think that people tried to buy into him again, mm-hmm. and it just didn't really materialize. And we did see Theo Riddick uh, in games where the game script allowed come on strong towards the end from a fantasy perspective but you know really just not too much to write home about with abdullah he played in 14 games only at 165 attempts did see 35 targets with 25 receptions but at the end of the day uh you know no true running backs that you could rely in uh, that you could rely on week in and week out. And I kind of get the sense that next season we're going to be in a similar situation with that backfield. Would you agree with that? Do you think that there are going to be any, you know, fantasy relevant options next year? Maybe Teon green could get a little bit more involved. And maybe <laughs> Dwayne Washington, Zach Zenner, who Oof. I know Heath Kruger, if he's listening, is still holding on to hope for.
2: I don't think so. And uh, shout out to Heath Kruger. Um, Zach Zenner might, he, he might Take over the uh, he might move up on the uh, depth chart if somebody gets released, but I don't see Amir Abdullah here next season. Yep. Riddick has been dynamic; he is every year. But I think the reason Theo Riddick is so dynamic is because they're passing the ball so much each season. They ranked 31st in the league in rushing again, and uh, you know Bob Quinn at the end of the season came out and he admitted that the running game did not as perform as well as everyone thought it would and when your gm is saying that i think it's pretty telling so the question is you know you mentioned we you know amir abdullah didn't perform up to expectations we were kind of buying in uh, from from a fantasy perspective but the question is will the lions buy in to the to a running game i mean you know one of the main stats that everyone has heard over the last probably two or three years they had the lions haven't had a thousand yard rusher since 2013 and reggie bush or calvin johnson are not walking through the door anytime soon and they need a solid running game to keep matt stafford on time on target and Maybe you'll see Marvin Jones come out of it. Maybe you'll see Golden Tate catch a few more balls. But the running game, I think they have to prioritize it big time.
1: Yeah, to put in perspective just how dismal it was. So Riddick, Abdullah, and Green combined for just 1,003 yards. So – I mean that is just very telling if your defense that you do not need to be that concerned with the with the running game uh and you know as a team too you know if you're trying to get up to an early lead through the passing and then you want to rely on your running game you know to milk that clock and kind of seal the victory it doesn't look like they were or if they continue to play and operate in the same fashion they will be able to really get much going on the ground so that's going to be something that you would imagine they will have to look to address now Riddick saw 71 targets Golden Tate with 120 Kenny Galladay who of course was injured managed to get 48 and Marvin Jones at 107 I was hoping that uh, Riddick could get a little bit more involved in the passing game but with Eric Ebron also getting more involved with 86 targets Uh, you know, there's a lot of options now in the receiving and tight end core. Well, I think you're right. I think they want Theo Riddick to be what, to
2: be that third down uh, pass catching back that he's been in the past. They try to use him more in the running game and it hasn't worked. So they, I think, uh, I think Kenny Galladay showed, showed, uh, you know, between injuries, he showed, he made some splash plays and he showed some, he kind of sparked a little bit, but, with the Marvin Jones and the, the Golden Tates, they've shown us who they are over the years. And Marvin Jones is, is is good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he can take over that wide receiver one. They're are they waiting for him to become a Calvin Johnson, you know, type guy? I don't think that's gonna happen without a running game. And here I go, leading back to their running game point again. But I think they want that third down back as Riddick. He can catch balls out of the backfield, and but they need a, you know, a first and second down guy to make this this uh, receiving game just a little bit a little bit better and a little bit more uh, valuable if you will
1: yeah i i really agree with that and i think if you look at the pieces that they have in the receiving game they now have a number of guys that can bring different things to the table so they're kind of balanced in that regard but overall as an offense until they can get that rushing game going as we focused on a lot it's going to be hard for them really to put things together so i'm with you i think that that, that is one of the biggest takeaways from the season and then, you know, as you said, they have Stafford locked up at quarterback. So, you know, another starting to feel like the the same type of season that you're getting from the Lions, uh kind of repeating here. It really does.
2: And you mentioned Eric Ebron. Uh he came on late in the season, but uh you know, I feel like he's ready, he's out there ready to break our hearts again. He's he's unreliable, he's inconsistent, and um there's they don't have a lot of depth At that position. So I see him coming back next year. I don't know if they'll lock him up to a long long term contract, but, you know, he can continue to kind of catch balls over the middle of the field and do what he does. But um, from a fantasy perspective, he'll still be kind of one of those middling tight ends and uh, continue to break our hearts.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, there'll be a piece or two talking about Eric Ebron and uh, we're buying into him or we're not <laughs> buying into him uh, between now and the summer, uh, which reminds me that I should probably mention that now is an awesome time to make sure that you get yourself ready for 2018 with a NFL subscription subscription to RotoViz. Uh we're still offering a thirty percent discount to podcast listeners only. Go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast and get that thirty percent discount because I will tell you I think that there is so much information that we get up on the site that's really useful to just getting a better understanding of the game of fantasy football itself, and just a lot of great things that you can do to break down what happened last season and get ready for next season. So though uh, you know we're away from the season, it doesn't mean that it's not a good time to get in on that subscription if you're interested in doing so. So remember to go to uh, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast and check that out. Now, the Green Bay Packers. Wow. I'm sure an extremely disappointing season for uh, their fan base. They finished with just seven wins. They had quite the carousel at running back. Uh, Devontae Adams seemed to be the only receiver that could really weather the lack of Aaron Rodgers. Jordy Nelson more or less fell off the face of the earth. What happened to this team? Well, I'm going to go Captain Obvious
2: on you, Dave. And I'm going (laughs) to say Aaron Rodgers... So the, his injury sunk their season. Yeah, I know absolutely. That's a hot take. I know that's yep. a hot take, Dave. But, uh, you know, they were 4-2 when they, you know, they came out. They were playing well. Uh, of course, you have a top three quarterback out there, and things are looking good. He comes out. He gets injured uh, week six. Was that week seven? Sorry. And then insert Brett Hundley. And nothing was the same after that. You know, if – the pass catchers took a hit the the running game took a hit not to mention Ty Montgomery had been injured right and it felt like you know this team started to snowball a little bit kind of in a negative way and looking into next season you can only hope that bringing Aaron Rodgers back is a net positive for the entire team you know
1: yeah i mean you have to imagine that it will be although i think there are some things that are a little bit disconcerting if you're uh An owner maybe in a dynasty league that has a lot of packers players or just somebody that they that likes to target these guys on that team obviously the Rodgers injury was huge but i mean it's really surprising just to see how much of a difference it did make and how unable to function properly they were without him the team put up just 20 points a game finished 21st uh in that regard with 26 in yards now you would think that it was interesting that Hunley was able to get Devonte Adams heavily involved. And for all, you know, all intents and purposes, Adams had a great season, 117 targets, 885 yards. But really it was the touchdowns with 10 that really set him apart. Uh, so I think we can expect good for the things from him going forward. But you know, what's the deal with Cobb and Nelson? Uh, do you think that they're washed? Can Rogers bring them back? What's your read on that? Uh, I think you know we 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 hope
2: that somebody like Aaron Rodgers can bring back the value of of guys like Jordy Nelson who have shown really had really good really good seasons. You know, obviously wide receiver one type seasons in Jordy right. Nelson uh, in the past. So you you hope that an Aaron Rodgers can bring that back, but alas, I think that Jordy he's going he'll be thirty three next year and the he'll the proverbial cliff is right around the corner. And, uh, so I'm expecting, you know, Devonte Adams to be their wide receiver one. They extended him and they kind of tipped their hand at doing so. Uh, he played well. I think he kind of morphed into the wide receiver one that, you know, to be honest, nobody expected. I didn't expect that. And I didn't expect him to eclipse Jordy Nelson. And then as far as, uh, Randall Cobb goes, both of their, their, uh, Deals are in the final year next year, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Randall Cobb remains kind of the guy that the wide receiver three, wide receiver four that Aaron Rodgers trusts. But I don't think that they're going to keep both of these guys next year. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think some of that's going to be dependent upon how things shake out with the running back situation, but it almost feels like the time's coming where they're going to have to try to move on and get in some younger guys involved into that offense there, Um, especially now with Adams kind of taking – the main role in that offense and he really was great and I think that one of the interesting things to think about too is if they are able to well I shouldn't say if they are able to they will be passing more with Rodgers back next year uh, that mm-hmm. raises his ceiling even higher so he's going to be a really uh, really exciting player now from the running back standpoint I think we're looking at a very interesting situation because when Montgomery was able to play he was awesome and brought a lot to the table but we did see success for the two other other backs so i think that we could be looking at a committee here which is something that maybe we didn't expect to see in 2017 but could work for them yeah i think so too i think we end
2: up with somewhat of a combo platter with aaron jones and ty montgomery and unfortunately i think ty montgomery will be the lesser member of that committee that running back committee he'll he'll go back to his third down role i mean i think that's the easy route that i'm taking mm-hmm. but i think i think that the packers will want to do that he showed a little bit you know, he kind of he flashed a little bit here and there. He didn't really play that well when he was the only guy out there, and then he got injured. So are, is that in the back of their minds, you know? I kind of think Aaron Jones came out and played well. People liked him coming out of college, and he played well until he got injured. And then you have Jamal Williams, who also came out and played really well that – Almost nobody expected. Uh, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I think Ty Montgomery is not the, the three-down back or not the lead back next year, and it'll be a committee. And you know, with more teams going to these committee backs, I think the looks like a definite possibility for
1: Green Bay. True, and the interesting thing for me when I look at this backfield is we had seen the team struggle. Uh, especially from a fantasy perspective and getting their running backs to produce a lot of points, but their backs were struggling in yards per carry. Now that's a metric that I don't like to pay too much attention to, but when you're looking at a single team, uh, it can be indicative of maybe some issues with the way that offense is operating, be it the offensive line or some other factors. But Jones managed to go for about five and a half yards per carry with Williams at 3.6 and Montgomery at 3.8. So I do think it kind of speaks to the fact that uh, Jones was more effective and efficient in his role mm-hmm. in that offense. Uh, and you look at touchdowns, he produced four on almost half of the carries that Williams mm-hmm. had. Uh, and they're. They got all of the backs involved in the passing game and I think they all showed, you know, that they can they can take a role um in that facet of the game. So I think I'm on board with you that Jones is going to be the main focus in the running game next season. And then the other thing that was really interesting was you had Martellus Bennett signing with the team. A lot of people got very excited to see what he could do could he prosper in this offense that already looked like there was a lot of players to get involved but i think a lot of guys were hoping that bennett could be a red zone threat get some points that way but really we didn't see too much from him when Rodgers was around and then he became another casualty of that injury and really uh I guess just faded into obscurity. There was a whole question of what was going on with an injury. He leaves the team. He ends up in New England. It looks like he's still injured. So it was a very bizarre um, ending there with Bennett and uh, just kind of encapsulates the whole season for the Packers, which was just a zany, unexpected, uh, very disappointing season. And it's hard to mention disappointing in the NFC North without Including the Bears, who again, uh, are just really struggling with the competition. They won five games. Uh, they were negative 56 in that net points that I like to look at. And they struggled, um, very much on offense, producing under 17 points a game, which was worst for 29th in the league. They were 30th in yards not even getting to 4,600 yards. Now, the defense, I do think, played pretty well. They held opponents to 20 points per game, and that was ranked ninth. Um, But, you know, that defense was just not enough to deal with that rather inept offense. Now, there were some fantasy-relevant players, but, uh, you know, Trubisky struggled. Do you think that there were any highlights for that team? Is there anything that got you excited for the Bears in 2017? Excited is even a strong word for <laughs> for Chicago going
2: into yes. next year, Dave. But but can we use the word interesting?
1: Yeah, we can use that.
2: I think with the moves that they've made recently, I think it gets real interesting in Chicago. Um, are there is there value to be had in fantasy? I think this is values galore for 2018. But the team itself and how what what we're going to expect out of them is really interesting. You know the key the keys to the season, in my opinion, were were obviously Mitchell Trubisky. You know coming in a few games in behind uh, Mike Glennon, behind the the artist formerly known as Mike Glennon, and <laughs> um, the injuries to cam meredith and kevin white and zach miller two of those injuries i don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here but those were gruesome injuries the cam meredith and the zach miller injuries those injuries were just awful and so if they can kind of rebound from those we're not sure if zach miller is going to play but they you know you're assuming cam meredith comes back he'll be the kind of plugged in as the wide receiver one and um John Fox is out the door, uh, replaced by Matt Nagy, and um, you know he's gaining momentum with uh, hire, the hire of Mark Helfrich out of Oregon. This is a guy that uses a, used a spread offense at Oregon. That's what Trubisky used uh, in North Carolina. So hopefully there's some comfort there, uh, and so they're going to continue to use Mitchell Trubisky and kind of develop him, and then hopefully these wide receivers fall into fall into place. Cam Meredith um but they do i think they need to kind of uh Get more wide receivers, some better, some better names, some better—not just names, but some some seasoned veterans, perhaps, in the wide receiver core. You know, these guys, Kevin White, the Kendall Wrights, the Dontrell Inman's of the world, are just names at this point. And so, are they going to carry value for fantasy? Probably not. But in real life, I think they need to bolster up their wide receiver core if they're going to continue with Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Matt Nagy.
1: Yeah. If you just looking down that receiving court, it's kind of like a graveyard of, of guys that had at points, high expectations that have, that people have got excited about as you know, like uh, values potentially in drafts and just never really put it, never really put it together. And it, it it's going to be an uphill battle, I think for many of these guys next season to do so. Uh, at tight end i think that zach miller is going to be a free agent i wouldn't be shocked if he signs back with the bears um he had a couple of decent spots this season um and from a from a fantasy perspective was one of the more usable players at least for me uh the uh, i will say though i do think that there was one thing that was exciting for this team and that was Tariq cohen um who we saw get heavily involved in the beginning of the season his usage kind of faded, but he was a guy that ostensibly came out of nowhere and did provide some utility, not only from a fantasy perspective, but to that offense. And I think if used correctly, he could be an exciting player. Uh, he had 87 attempts, 370 yards on the ground with two scores, 53 receptions for almost 400 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, you know, not the not the craziest numbers that, that jump off the page at you, but I think for an offense uh, where we're expecting, you know, Jordan Howard might be the only bright spot. I was impressed with what he was able to do. Yeah, Tariq Cohen is, was definitely
2: impressive is the word. But, you know, when we think about the new the new names in town, I think Tariq Cohen gets the biggest uh, boost here. And the best part about it is that, you know, there's no more John Fox kind of just not playing him for the sake of not playing him. You know, he's obviously the most explosive guy on the, on the uh, team. And he was never on the field. It seemed like, so, you know, you get Matt Nagy in there and he, he, he's a guy that runs some quick passes, a lot of play action. He likes to clear the space for these smaller, these game breaking, these quick twitch guys like Tariq Cohen. Remember Tyreek Hill? Is that, is that a, it wasn't that far, that far back. Right. we were seeing that and you know he also gets I think he'll work with uh Mitchell Trubisky to get him out of the pocket a little bit more like he did with Alex Smith and that opens it up for these other guys like Tariq Cohen to make these plays I don't think and here's here's my one hot take of the of the pod here okay I don't think that they're going to I think they'll lean on more Tariq Cohen than they do Jordan Howard. I've never really been a Jordan Howard guy. You know, between the tackles, he's a big guy. He's a good runner. He's he's loose. He's but the Tariq Cohen, you can't put that back in the bottle,
1: you know? Yeah, I definitely do. Um and I think there's always been this perception with Howard that he's been a compiler, that he was a compiler coming out of school and that he has been uh, in his professional career. And I think at the very least the team will look into exploring different ways that they can uh, get things going offensively by getting Cohen more involved in the mix. Now, I know that there's another name too, on this team that you might be excited about too. And uh, that's Adam Shaheen at tight end, correct?
2: Oh my gosh, my guy, Mr. (laughs) Chipotle
1: could not be more
2: excited about, uh, Adam Shaheen. You know, I think, uh, should I, do I compare him to uh, Travis Kelsey or is that, is it too soon? Is it too soon for them? I
1: think for me, it might be a little too soon, but I'm, okay. I, you know, I can't stop you if that's how you feel.
2: It's really not, but you know, a guy like Adam Shaheen, uh, where he he, he went to man division two, was it Ashland? Can you, can you check me on that? Dang. Yeah. Let me check you on that. Uh-huh. All right. he went to, uh, no. he, he's a big guy, you know, he's a, he's kind of a, he's athletic He's big. He's a quintessential tight end. And did I mention that he used to be a basketball player? So all of those things we love in our tight end. And so, you know, hopefully Mitchell Trubisky shows him some love. Matt Nagy can kind of utilize him like he did Travis Kelsey. And uh, we're looking at –
1: you know, maybe a tight end, a low end tight end one next year. Wow. You know, I have to, I, that, I'm impressed with this take on all accounts. You're correct that uh, he did go to Ashland and I did not know about the college uh, basketball. Did he play in, in college or was he just a high school basketball player? Uh, I can't answer It, it, it doesn't really uh, matter because uh, ultimately what I'm getting at is that we will soon know the, if he does become a fringe tight end fantasy one, he becomes used uh we will definitely be hearing about that in broadcast as as we know that's one of those things that they love to bring up and i'm actually impressed that we were able to mine for some exciting uh things in that chicago uh offense so we did manage against all odds to get a little bit excited about the chicago bears which makes me think that uh you know our work for the day is done here any uh closing thoughts on this division maybe some of the things that surprise you, be it uh, you know positive performances or negative performances
2: I think the what what surprised me with i mean the one thing that we're still surprised with is Minnesota getting this far, and that you Minnesota fans out there um, don't at me but uh, <laughs> Minnesota where I think a lot of us are still surprised but the the green Bay situation is interesting the running backs they remain interesting i will be I will stay tuned to see. What they do in the, with their running backs, and then hopefully we get—you know—Green Bay doesn't run away with the uh, with the division, and uh, maybe the Bears can come from from the bottom or something. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I think uh, watching this Minnesota team, especially after the events of last week's game, it's just been something amazing to watch, and uh, it's been super exciting, especially when we look back and I think to. Week two, week four uh, with these Bradford and these Cook injuries and just trying to look ahead at the time and and see any light at the end of the tunnel for this team. They really have overcome a lot of odds. Uh, So they're definitely the story of the division and looking forward to next year, uh, we could have a very interesting division with uh, Aaron Rodgers back, the Packers getting into the mix. Do you see any hope for the Lions to challenge either of these teams or is it really going to be just those two uh, top the division?
2: depending on what Minnesota chooses to do at quarterback, um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be the same division, more, more of the same, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you there. Uh, I'm hoping that, uh, Minnesota makes some strong personnel to choices, choices and can remain uh, in contention with the Packers just to spice up this division uh, even more. But uh, we're looking forward to uh, learning more about these teams as we make our way through free agency. I know an article came out this week looking at the Vikings in more specifics, so uh, make sure that you go and check those out. I think Neil Dudden uh, put that piece together. So I'd recommend looking at the free agency previews that we have coming out. And uh, John, it was great to uh, to have you on today. It was good talking with you. and uh, why don't you remind us again where uh, folks can find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at on
2: the John John and uh, you know, tweet at me whatever you like, football related or otherwise. And Dave, thanks a lot for your help. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Oh yeah, no, I had a blast talking with you. Uh, th- this has been a fun series so far and we still have a couple more in the works. So definitely check those out. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So uh, everybody out there, make sure that uh, you know you check us out on Twitter and uh, that you're sure to subscribe to the pod uh so i'm dave caben um you can find me on twitter at dave caben ff and uh thanks for tuning in NFC North season recap. Please rate and review the Roto Radio podcast on your iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, RotoViz Radio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at RotoViz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, RotoViz.com forward slash podcast.
0: AAA Auto Insurance isn't just about protecting metal and glass. It's about the people inside the car. Did you check the tires? Uh. That's why AAA Insurance offers the benefits of a AAA membership, like roadside assistance. We're
1: gonna need it. Yes, we are.
0: And the ability to renew your vehicle registration at most AAA branches. Even better. Plus, member savings when you bundle your auto and home insurance.
1: I could use AAA right now.
0: Join today at AAA.com. Get great auto insurance and more to outsmart the road. AAA, outsmart
1: life. Say Metro by T-Mobile got the best deal in wireless, and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly,
0: because Metro has two lines for 80 and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones
1: for free. Plus, Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be. Only at Metro
0: plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings